to read a fairly lengthy passage of scripture out of the book of Matthew. Um, this is the parable of the ten virgins. I would ask you to stand in honor of the word of the Lord today. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, but they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps, and while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and then buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in to with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, God, you put this on my heart. And Holy Ghost, I ask you to challenge us today God those that watch around the world and those that are in this building may this God be a wake-up call to all of us as to the nearness of you Jesus coming back in the clouds of glory may you awaken our spirits today may we be challenged as we have never been challenged may our love for you be deep in God May the trappings of the world fall away from us. Now, Lord, we commit the word that you are about to release in this place. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I would entitle what I'm going to release to you today, The Midnight Crime. Normally, when I come and preach to you, I am preaching something for you. But today, I do not come for you. I come in defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. One scripture said, who shall declare his generation? Never has there been an hour in which the gospel of Jesus Christ has been under greater attack than the hour that you and I are in. But this assault does not come from the world, but it comes from inside the four walls of the organized church today. 
professors in our seminaries, best-selling authors, renowned pastors with PhDs, hirelings who are greedy for wealth, and wolves in sheep's clothing who are only ego-driven. The church today may be more educated, more refined, sit in multi-million dollar sanctuaries and have the famous sit in our pews, but we have become powerless and weak, holding the form of God, but having no authority and no power. The church that God Almighty birthed on the day of Pentecost with the blood of the darling of heaven, Jesus our Savior, looked like Jesus, talked like Jesus, acted and had the authority of Jesus, and made demons tremble and bow at his name. The message preached today may fill buildings, but put hell at ease. When did the Bible stop being the commandment of the Lord and just become suggestions that we are given? When did soccer, t-ball, family reunions, and weekend getaways become more important than the presence of God? No wonder the Lord said in the last days, because the love of many, they shall wax cold. Contrary to the watered-down gospel being preached today, just because you label yourselves a Christian doesn't give you automatic access to heaven. Somebody lowered the bar in this nation when it comes to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Though you may rewrite the Bible and may you declare that it doesn't really mean what it says. Jesus said this, that on that day, I will not judge you, but this book, my word will judge you. Each and every one of us today that are in this building and under the sound of my voice, you will not stand as a group. You will not stand as a part of a church before God Almighty, but you will stand alone and you and your life will have to answer to God. Don't say in this hour, I did not know. I tell you, says the Lord, never has there been more gospel preached Never has there been more access to the word of the Lord. Yet there is an ignorance in the body of Christ when it comes to the word of the Lord. Matthew 7 and 14 says in the Revised Standard Version, For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. There is a watered-down gospel and a false gospel being preached in this hour that God loves everyone, and it doesn't matter what's in your life. If you just say, I'm trying, it's enough. But even in the Old Testament, when leprosy was a type of sin, God did not allow lepers inside of the camp. And when they walked, they had to cry, unclean, unclean. There are many, says the Lord, in this hour who are labeled as great Christians, that if they walked by God in the Old Testament, he would have cried, unclean, unclean, because of the hidden sin that is 
in their lives. I did not say I'm coming back for a group of great numbers, but he said I am coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. Know this, says God. Man will not determine whether you get in, but the eternal creator and God Almighty and he alone will be your judge and you will be held accountable by what the word says and not what a best-selling author says, not what the best great pastor says, but what thus saith the Lord. When I come back at the midnight hour, it will not be great numbers that I take home. For the gate is narrow, and the church has become drunk on prosperity. And they have taken my blessings and turned them into idols where they worship the blessings of God more than they worship me. I did not bless you, says the Lord, just so life could be better. I blessed you to give you more time. I blessed you to live in a way that allowed you to pursue me. Yet in the midst of all of that, never has there been an hour in which the church has become more lukewarm than in this hour. Do not say that it is the world that has made this thing like it is. It is the church, saith God, for I have always raised up and declared uh, that it would be the church that would make hell tremble. Uh, it would be the church uh, that would make demons bow down uh, to the authority of the believer. You don't need more, says God. Uh, you just need to use what I already gave you. In this hour, saith God, uh, there is getting ready to be a midnight cry uh, in which the Lord says, come home, uh, my children. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own desires, they shall gather to themselves teachers desiring to hear something that is pleasant. I did not come, says the Lord, to bring peace but I came to divide. And in this hour, says God, mercy is still flowing, yet my people have allowed their weaknesses to become their ways. Conviction of sin has disappeared from our pulpits and our pews because too many preachers have become intimidated by those who say we won't tithe and we won't come unless you preach something that makes us feel good. Do you not know, says the Lord, that the word that brings conviction also brings life? There are going to be seasons, says God, where when I sweep through the building from one side to the other side and from front to back, my children will fall upon their feet 
face. This is an hour, saith God. Look inside thy homes and look inside thy hearts because this is a day, saith God, that the midnight cry is getting ready to be sounded. And when it sounds, there won't be a do-over, says the Lord. There will not be time to go back and say, I'm sorry, but this hour, saith the Lord, is rapidly coming upon thee. This day, saith God, I lose conviction in this house. You say, but I serve the Lord. But I say, does your life line up with this word? The purpose of the church was never to be just a daycare center, a Christian school, or a counseling clinic. But the purpose of the church was to preach deliverance to the captives, heal the brokenhearted, and set at liberty them that were bruised. God loved people so much that he would have spared Sodom and Gomorrah just for ten righteous people, but could not find repentance. It is a biblical truth that the blood of Jesus will cleanse a man of all sin. But the only thing that looses the blood is repentance. And the only thing that creates repentance is godly sorrow. This is an hour, saith the Lord, that men laugh at sin and cloak themselves in unclean garments. But I say, be ye holy, for I am holy. Why you party in the world and say, but we will one day go home to be with him. While sin is in the house of the Lord, do you not know that in heaven right now, around the clock, they are crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. While my platforms have become polluted and my praise teams have been riddled with sin, the heartbeat of God cries out, be ye holy, for I am holy. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Too many of you, saith the Lord, love the world and want God to bless you. But I say I will not share myself with a mistress. I am not your boyfriend, saith God. I am your husband. I will not allow you to lay in the bed of an adulterer and then stand up and say this is my husband I this day declare to you there is a judgment's going to sweep through the house of the Lord for there is a cleansing getting ready to hit the body of Christ it doesn't matter what men say it doesn't matter what television says it matters what the book says and I say saith God be ye holy for I am holy says the Lord Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive thee. When did it become acceptable 
for believers to go days without prayer, years without fasting, attend church when it's only convenient, dress like hookers, tolerate filthy language, vote for leaders who abort babies and promote adultery and homosexuality. Though your ears may tingle and recoil today, uh, hear me say it, the Lord, uh, it is time for there to be a prophetic voice that says, thus saith the Lord, uh, cleanse your house, saith God, uh, for I will not come back uh, for an unclean body, uh, but I am coming back for a virginal baby of church uh, who has made herself ready and is chaste. How did my people get to the place that they can sit under pastors who openly declare that the Word of God is outdated, fictional, not relevant, and uninspired by God? Does it not move you, saith the Lord? Does it not move your spirit to hear my word challenge? Do you not remember that I said heaven and earth shall pass away, but this book shall never pass away, for it will endure forever. You were birthed by the word, sanctified by the word, birthed by the power of the Holy Ghost. This is your map. This is your textbook. Not what man has wrote, not what man has said, but it's what thus saith the Lord. For there will come a day, saith God, that many will say, Lord, Lord, open up to us, and God will say, I never knew you. When Jesus told Laodicea that their lukewarmness made him so sick that he would vomit them out, he was speaking to the church not to the unbeliever. Matthew 7 says, Not everyone saith unto me, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father in heaven. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. There is a hand of God that is reaching in this building right now. Sunday. Whatever I feel, the spirit of weeping, it is the presence of God that is reaching into this building right now. We sit so long without ever being challenged, being fed candy sticks that sometimes we forget that you serve a holy God. And God, hallelujah, you say, how can I be holy? Because the blood makes you holy. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils, prophesied, and done many wondrous works in thy name. Only then will I profess unto them, I never 
knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. There has much, saith the Lord, that has been done in my name that I did not sanction. And men say, but it is the work that's important. But I say it's the source. And God says there has been unclean water flowing out of the pulpits and out of the believers. For out of that belly, says the Lord, shall flow rivers of living water. But these waters, saith the Lord, have become polluted. No wonder, says God, that the world will not turn to the church. No wonder you lost this generation that they do not believe that homosexuality is wrong, that abortion's wrong. They do not understand what a man and a woman is. It was the church's responsibility to teach them that. But hear me, many of your children are not saved because when you should have had them in the house of God on Sunday, you had them on the baseball field instead because you live vicariously through their own athletic skills, hoping that they would someday they be a superstar but I declare that there is no higher success than to have a child that has a mandate of God upon their life oh the success of man is but a moment but the success of the spirit is forever says the Lord Why is it, says God, that we have to come up with some new revelation before people want to be faithful to the house of God? When Sunday rolls around, you already know you should be in church. You don't need somebody to beg you and coerce you. It should be first nature that Sunday belongs to the house of the Lord. Why does somebody have to come up with some great message on prayer and then and, and make you wonder somehow that I need a prayer life? You already know you ought to be praying every day. I shouldn't have to tell you, says the Lord, that you need to fast the book already. He said, not if you want to. It said, when you do. Somewhere says, God, this is not an option. This is not a choice. You are mandated by the word of the Lord. Be ye holy, for I am holy, said God. Galatians 5, 9 says this, a little leaven, which is a type of sin, contaminates the whole thing. The problem I hear in the spirit is too many of us have got a little room in our lives that God doesn't have the key to. It's our little pet sin. It's our little pet pleasure. And then we think that when the trumpet sounds, that we're going to go up to be with him in the air. The Lord says you need to check your lamps because too many of you don't have oil in them and you don't even know it. 
And when the midnight cry hits, says God, it's going to be too late to go find oil. And when God gave this story, it was not to five Christians and five unbelievers. It was five or ten believers. It's just that two men went to sleep and thought what I was doing was enough. And they woke up and found out that God said, your lamps are out. Is there a fire burning in your spirit today? Is there a flame burning in your soul? When God looks down from glory, does he see the flame of the Holy Ghost burning in your spirit? I apologize for this mic moving. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. This was written 2,000 years ago. But the last days here in the original means the last days of the last days. Paul wasn't speaking of his time. He was speaking of this age. The word perilous means dangerous times. We're so worried about the vaccine and the mask and the political elections that we are forgotten that we need a move of God in the house. You can fool me. You can fool your spouse. But God sees everything. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. My God, this is in this hour. I've never seen people get offended so easy. We take away church, church, uh, chairs that you can't reserve and everybody wants to quit. You ought to be thankful that you're in a building where there is the presence of God, whether you're in the balcony or you're in the front, because there's nations all over the world that would give their IT to walk into the house of God and feel the presence of the Lord. Are we so weak that we are forgotten that you and I are blessed by the Spirit of the Lord to be in this house. It's not a gospel of he. It's a gospel of me, me, me in this hour. It's make me feel good. Preach something that I want to hear. Give me a personal prophecy. Can I tell you, you were not born to be me. You were born to represent the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. For I present you, hallelujah. He said this, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. We become believers that we only want to do it if it's not sacrifice. This book was written out of sacrifice. No wonder there's blood between the pages. Because people paid the price with their own lives to pin this book. Well, you know, it's winter and snowed a little bit. I think we'll just watch online. Personally, if I could, I would block all of live streaming from 50 miles and in. 
I would. If you can't get your butt up and come to church, then you're, getting what, you're not going to watch it on the computer. It's a sacrifice to get up and come to the house of God. You may laugh, but I can tell you this. You give me a couple of hundred people that are sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will storm this city, and the gates are held, and we will turn things upside down. We don't need babies drinking milk. Our God needs some men and women that got some meat in their teeth and know how to walk by the power of the Holy Ghost. Saturday morning prayer meeting should not be 150. It ought to be this crowd. Where are you on Saturday morning? Well, I'm sleeping in. I got to mow the yard. What happens with a midnight cry happens and you find out it happened at prayer meeting. Covetous, boasters, proud, Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, Shame on us when it's Sunday church and we're on the lake in our boat. Somewhere in the last 50 years, we got away from what it meant to serve God. When I was a boy, you had church at least four times a week. But the more blessed we got, the more lukewarm we got until finally pastors got rid of midweek service because nobody came. Got rid of Sunday night services. Got rid of young people's service. We built our lives around church. You can't have a revival anymore. If I called a week revival every night, half of you wouldn't be here because you got other stuff to do. But if we knew Jesus was coming next Sunday, I can tell you this, we would rearrange uh, some of our priorities uh, by the Spirit of the Lord. You say, Pastor, you're being tough on me. Listen, I'm trying to pull you out of the fire because prophetically I feel something in the Holy Ghost uh, and God is roaring uh, in the atmosphere. And he's saying, hear the midnight cry. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Is there oil in your vessel? <laughs> Having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. I'm going to end with this thought because God's been turning this over in my spirit. The Lord has prophetically really been silent for the last several months in the United States. Even, nobody knows what God's doing. I don't care what prophet, prophetess is out. Nobody has a clue what God's up to. 
you know, people who say, well, you know, I kind of feel this and that. We don't know what God's doing. In an hour that you think not. He said, when I come, life will be as usual. They will be marrying. They will be feasting. What was he saying there? He was saying there are no, there will be no indicators that tell us this is the hour. One moment you're driving to church, you're driving to work, you're driving to a wedding, and all of a sudden, the trumpet sounds. And we that have oil just begin to go up. We used to sing an old song. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face. All sorrows will erase. So bravely run this race till we see Christ. In one moment, all the price that you've paid, all the opportunities that you've bypassed for Jesus, he'll make it up to you. I've been seeking God for months. So I walk in the woods. I would say, God, speak to the prophet in me and tell me what in the world you're doing. And God began to just turn over my spirit. He said, son, he said, Israel exiting Egypt was a type of what's going to happen in this hour. And I began to think on that. <clears throat> and the Lord said, I was sending a death angel through Egypt and through Goshen. Remember now, the plagues after the third one had been withheld from Goshen. But God now says there is a death angel <clears throat> that has no regard for life, but only for the commandment of the Lord. And I'm getting ready to loose him in Egypt. And he said, the only thing that will keep a person alive is if there is blood on the doorposts, hallelujah, of their house. Oh, my God, I've, I'm telling you, God's speaking to you today. <clears throat> Very seldom do I feel this kind of heaviness in my spirit that I'm feeling right now. And the Lord told me this. He said, when I got ready to bring Israel into their inheritance, I loosed a death angel 
amongst their captives, their captors. And he said, I begin to kill everything in Egypt that was firstborn. They didn't have the blood on it. But he said, I would also have killed the Israelites if they had not had blood on their doorposts. <clears throat> You've heard me prophesy this. The Lord says there's getting ready to be a wave of death sweep through the earth. Even years ago, I remember prophesying, thus saith the Lord, that there's going to be death hit this nation, and it will be so much that funeral homes will be backed up because there will be no room for the dead bodies, <clears throat> and they will almost have to lie in the streets. There is a wave of death that's getting ready to sweep through this nation, and it is a type of the death angel that was in Egypt because God is getting ready to promote the church and bring her out of captivity into the land of freedom. But this is what I want you to get. The only people that God took out of Egypt were those that had the blood on their house. A type of you and I, we are the house of the Lord. <clears throat> the blood, hallelujah, has to be applied to you and I for us to escape the spirit of death that's getting ready to hit not just this nation, but nations. I've already told you that the only way that blood will ever cleanse you from your sin is repentance has to loose the blood and it is godly sorrow that creates repentance. I give you a clarion call today that if you are in a mess in your life, if there is secret sins in your life, if you do not have a prayer life, if there is no sacrifice in your life, under the sound of my voice, run to the altar, hallelujah, Get up from your seat right now and tell God, oh God, may there be oil in my vessel. There is no way that one or two people are the only ones that this message is for today. I'm telling that God is saying there is a midnight cry getting ready to come forth in the earth. Are you ready? Are you ready? You say, but I'll wait to another time. No, sir. There is a call from heaven right now in this sanctuary that says repent, repent, repent and draw nigh unto to me for when God begins to sweep through the land there will not be a call for repentance there will only be a call coming to thy purpose this is mercy this is mercy Hallelujah. Better, hallelujah, to come now under conviction than to burn in a lake where there is no hope. This is the call of God. Come while there is time. Run to me, says the Lord. Cleanse yourself from all sin and make sure you are right and ready in the presence of the Lord. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to kentchristmas.org or regenerationnashville.org 
and for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.